Hey, welcome again to Real Talk with Coach T Unscripted, where we have real but raw conversations for us grown folks. Today we have Miss Sarita on our podcast today. Take over, Miss Sarita. Hey everyone, this is Sarita Love of Success Junkie, an achievement lifestyle brand where I am a business success matchmaker, matching problems to solutions. Tamika, I am so excited about starting this dialogue with you today. So what are we discussing? Uh, daddy's girls, everyone. The pros and cons of a daddy's girl, because we know a lot of women have this issue. Um, so we want to start off with daddy's girls, right? And when we hear about daddy's girls, we think, oh, they were so loved and they were the center of attention. But we don't talk about the daddy issues that come with daddy girls. Oh, that's what we're doing today. Because <laughs> <Yes. laughs> a lot of times when I hear, um, either, even from other women who are or claim to be uh, daddy's girls, because sometimes they think they are and then you have a conversation with him you're like well that ain't so good <laughs> there's be some weird conversations going on between dads and daughters um but sometimes when people hear daddy's girl they think entitlement you know they think uh princess treatment i see that's uh, everywhere on social media mm-hmm. right now but you and i have had a candid dialogue off the record yes. <laughs> um, about you know the many other facets of being um a daddy's girl so i know that you are at least from the outside looking in and conversations that we've had, um, our daddy's girl experiences are different. So can we talk about what was your daddy's girl experience like? Um, I grew up, uh, I I was in the household with my father majority of my life, but even when I wasn't in my teenage years, it didn't feel like it. Um, And to top that off, I'm surrounded by all male uncles. And they, because they don't have daughters, I was their daughter as well. So I guess you could say there's a shared custody thing going on. So what one uncle didn't do or what my dad didn't do or wasn't able to give, I had an uncle that would. So I had an uncle who, that's like my best friend. And he, we go everywhere together. Then I have an uncle who, he's more structured. Uh, but if I need financial backing, he's going to make sure whatever I need is done. Um, my my other uncle, he's passed away now, but he was my teddy bear. Mm. And super, super smart. If I needed to know anything educational, super, super smart. I could go to him. And then there's my baby uncle who... Uh, He's much more mature now, but before that, he was a ladies' man, mm. um, which all of them are undercoverly, right? Yeah, yeah. So, by being the only niece and daughter, um, I think it was everything for me. And then with my granddad, even though I have brothers and boy cousins, my granddad used to always take me upstairs if he didn't have enough money to give all the grandkids. And he would be like, here, whatever it was, 20 or whatever. And like, don't tell them, you know, I gave it to you, right? And, uh, (laughs) you know, I knew that I was special to him. Not that they weren't. Yeah. But I think because it was a soft spot for a girl. 
So you just made me think about something that I hadn't considered. Um, Daddy's girl, I, I had the uncles too. Mm-hmm. Like I had, I actually, you just shared your teddy bear uncle who's deceased. I actually had um, an uncle who's now deceased as well, who was actually, when I think about it, more of my father figure than my father. Um, and wow, I, I want to go into like what that experience was like, because for me, my daddy was a happy-go-lucky guy. Everybody loved him. Um, you know, him and my mom. Uh, and I always share that, um, as I've shared with you before, uh, my mom and dad got married when I was eight. And I think that was maybe in the winter of 92. And my mom passed away the summer of 93 uh, when I was nine years old. And um, my dad was young. You know, he was only 29, mm-hmm. um, you know, when his wife, his new wife just passed away. So he couldn't take care of me um, out the gate. So mm-hmm. I ended up staying with his sister. Mm-hmm. And his sister had a lot of sons who were like big brothers to me. And my dad was present, mm-hmm. but he wasn't my caregiver, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. But he would, you know, I would see him often. We would go shopping. I would get jewelry. We would have our own little dining experiences together. And you just couldn't tell me <laughs> I wasn't a daddy's girl. Right. You know, so from, but I realized as an adult, and I know we're um, probably going to dive into that a little bit later, but um, as a young girl, I thought that was everything and I, I thought that's all a girl needed. You know, th- the things mm-hmm. in a sense. So even the uncle that passed away, um, my Uncle E, he was that fast money man. You know, uh, light eye, green eyes, fair skin, cars, the women. Um, and he was a leader. He was an alpha male. You know, so my needs were always provided and I always felt protected with my Uncle E. Um, I grew up in Inglewood, and I think the last thing I'll say about this right now is I felt so protected. It's interesting having this conversation because I always talk about where I didn't feel protected Mm -hmm. until I think about my Uncle E. Mm -hmm. And what this looks like is the early days of the cell phones, like the the big what you call it? The brick phones. (laughs) I remember when I used to have to walk from block to block in Inglewood, I would see guys disrespect other girls, Mm -hmm. and when I crossed different streets there was a whole level a different level of treatment and the girls would be like why does she get treated like that and they're like do you know who our uncle is right you know so that girl that gives you like a sense of mm-hmm. what, what would you call what would you call privilege. that it is it's it's yeah. privilege yeah, exactly. so that was something I had with my uncle mm-hmm. but let's um I want to pass the ball back to you in the sense of let's take a deeper dive to like our daddies right like our right. actual dads mm-hmm. you know what did, what were the pros and cons? We said we would talk about pros and cons today. What were the pros and cons of the way you were reared by your dad and the things maybe you inadvertently learned just observe, by observing him? So uh, for my dad, like your uncle, he, he was very street. Mm-hmm. He, he was big in his you know season. So in that regard, I definitely physically always felt protected. But my dad was not emotionally available. But whatever I needed or wanted, for that matter, he would buy. Especially uh, if it was hiding one of his girlfriends in their secrets. Ooh. <laughs> Which, in hindsight, I'm a therapist, right? I get paid to keep secrets. Wow. Full uh, circle moment. Yeah, it is. Uh, I was molded early. But then you got to think, even with my uncles, I would probably say one of my uncles, he's very always has been the family man like my grandfather okay but the rest and eh, not so much <laughs> and i i can't say 
I um, directly witnessed that. Like growing up, I wasn't in close proximity of family men. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't see that um, personally. How do you? How do you think that? Because uh, I, I do have something to say, but how do you think? Like just having that observation of like that. Were you close to that relative? The one yes. who was more the family man. Yes. Yes. Did That's- you admire anything about you know what you saw in that situation in comparison to other? Um, I think for me, um, I ha- I'm, I'm blessed because I literally have every facet in my uncles, right? So that's why I'm not this bitter person against marriage, and I really can even help in marriages because I've seen, I've only been surrounded by healthy marriages. Oh, wow. Now, the single or living girlfriend and all of those things, and, and those weren't so healthy, but... For me, I think growing up seeing that the only thing I seen was family because my grandparents were married, never seen them argue. He's, he was married till his wife died a few years ago, actually. Wow. Never seen them argue, never any scandals of my father, not my father, my uh, grandfather and him ever with women. Um, and I will say, even though I seen cheating, to this day, I can honestly say I've never seen a woman cross the threshold to address the other woman. So no woman ever addressed my mother. Wow. Um, so even in that regard, that's why I think that's so big for me to be protected in that sense. Mm-hmm. Because if, and I hate to use the main, because I, I really think nobody's winning. Um, so I hate that, that word. A, that's a whole other episode, right? <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> but like, because I'll say she was the woman of the house. Maybe that's the right word. Um, it's like, don't cross his family. Yeah. You know? But then how do we, you know, really know? Because I, I I'm observing now in present day that some, well, I guess this is back in the day too. Mm-hmm. Some women had almost identical situations that they couldn't, wouldn't believe in a million years that something else was going on. So maybe they thought he worked another shift and mm-hmm. he came home and there was a routine that was maintained. Mm-hmm. You know, where, where do you think like things hit the fan, you know, to the point that when you when you look at like both of the scenarios, one woman knows that she's more significant than the other or how do you measure that? And I think it's probably from experience, childhood too, right? Like whatever you perceive as your measuring stick. Like yeah. In my mother's case, um, my mother did her thing too. So you told me that. <laughs> so it was like. I, I don't like again I've never heard the conversation to this day I've never heard my mom say anything uh, about other women about my dad well I just seen it right even my dad he's never said anything about other men with my mother but I know what I've seen I know Mm. how many gifts I got to keep everybody's secrets right Um, so interesting and and to this day never told um, my mom is deceased, but I've, I've never told her anything my dad did, and I never told my dad anything my mom did. So some, something that uh, I have the privilege and pleasure of uh, observing with you that I admire is you give a lot of gifts. I do. Like, you are a gift giver. Yes. And it's just uh, really interesting how, you know, as an adult, you've translated that to something good. Like, mm-hmm. when, as you reflect on, you know, what it meant um, back then, you're teaching, you know, mm-hmm. people how to heal and, you know, be more mentally well mm-hmm. um, through what you know about your life experiences. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I got a quick question for you. Mm-hmm. Um, at what point in time did you know that something wrong was happening 
you know, like, because from a kid's lens, you know, you're just like, I, I get gifts all the time, Dad. You do this thing. And, no, you know, I do. Like, <laughs> he showed me, don't tell. You I have knew. to be really advanced. And I think that's so awesome for you, as a little girl to be so observant, to be like, wait a minute. <laughs> so I had two incidents that I can recall, right? My uncle has two sons that are the same age. Yeah. So that goes right there, right? <laughs> oh, um, Irish twins or? Um, they they the same age, but different birthdays, I guess you could say. Okay, okay. Um, and so that right there, you know, seeing two different women. Yeah. You know, so that within itself was one incident I can remember. But never speaking of any of it. Um, mm. With my dad, it was uh, the first time I think I always, this is probably the, the most significant that I remember. Um, was when he took me to get my hair braided for school pictures and um, the lady was braiding my hair and um, she was from Detroit I know now mm. um, and she was braiding my hair and I looked up because uh, I smelled burnt hair and I never had smelled that before um, and when I looked up they were kissing above my head now I, I never told my dad this until probably like maybe four years ago because mm. I had buried it. Wow. Um, and when we left, I distinctly remember, hey, you know, don't tell your mom. And we went to Toys R Us after that. And I remember getting the Barbies and the cabbage patch. Um, and I came home and cut the Barbie doll's hair off in my little red rag wagon. And I put the, it up. The new my, doll? Yeah. <laughs> because I was, I as a kid, I can honestly say I knew I was angry. Yeah. But I didn't know why. As an adult, I understand and can process why I was angry. Wow. Um, but as a kid, I didn't know why. But I remember cutting the, the hair off because my dad was so mad but he didn't say anything wow okay. um, but I know now that was just me the act of wanting to cut my own hair um, because you you made me lie or she didn't ask but basically an omission I guess you can say to the first person who ever loved me that's deep yeah that's deep was it at least was it a Barbie Oh yeah, look! Like, I was like, you That's know, because you know, I love Barbie. <laughs> I like this the Barbie era, and we know you love your Barbie pink. Yes, okay. yes I do. I do. <laughs> um, I, so there, there is something that uh, that stands out to me um, with my dad. So because I didn't really get to see him and my mom around each other much, mm-hmm. um, I mean, it was such a short stint, and those earlier years are a blur. Mm-hmm. So I do remember um, maybe a year after my mom passed away, my dad ended up dating a woman who looked almost exactly like my mom. It was a woman from Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And I thought he was like gonna marry this woman, this and that. And psychologically, like that like messed me up. Like mm-hmm. and she seemed like a really nice woman, but it was eerie that this woman looks so much like my mom. Mm-hmm. Um but we we briefly covered like protection and security. Um like I said my dad gave me a lot of things but there was a moment um between the ages of maybe 12 and 14 the household that I was living in mostly boys. Mm-hmm. My aunt was married, she had a husband. And I think, it's not that I think, her husband had a really strange attraction to me. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was very uncomfortable Mm -hmm. um, to the point that we went to the grocery store one day and I was in the passenger seat of his car Mm -hmm. and he pleased, pleasured himself in Mm -hmm. my presence Mm -hmm. um, in the car. I know nothing about what a man's body part does. I have, 
I, like, can you imagine like how traumatic um, something like that is in the sense of I don't even understand what's going on. Mm-hmm. But later on, on my downtime, I'm just like. Because I'm uh, my older cousins, they're teenagers, and I hear them talking about girls, and I hear them talking right. about the difference between our body parts. But that was the first time I had saw a male right. bo- body part, and um, I eventually share with the wife, my aunt, mm-hmm. um, who's who's now deceased now uh, a few years. Um, I, I told her, you know, mm-hmm. a few things. I told her about that incident, and I told her that several times he would. In the middle of the night, Tamika, I would see his shadow in my room. Mm -hmm. And I slept with a few cousins in the bedroom that I was in. And Mm -hmm. they would even ask, why is he always hovering over Sarita? Mm -hmm. Like, they they would wake up and no one would say anything. Mm -hmm. So, I'm a deep sleeper. I never said... Because I never felt anything. But right. why is a grown man, like, constantly coming into my room in the wee hours mm-hmm. of the night? Whether you're just looking at me, whether you're thinking about doing something. Um, but eventually I spoke up because I was beyond discomfort, um, you know, uncomfortable. uncomfortable yeah. And um, so fast forward, where I'm going with this is I was put out at 14. Um, so mm-hmm. honor student, well-behaved, well-mannered. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was like, my man. You know how they say now, my man, my man, my man. My man um, so she chose her man. Mm-hmm. And... That was when my dad reappeared mm-hmm. to help and try to be more stable um, in a sense. But mm-hmm. remember, my dad's 20 years older than me, so he was like 34. Mm-hmm. Um, still a little immature. Mm-hmm. But uh, the, I was, the, the short version of this is eighth grade, I went to four different schools. Mm-hmm. So I'm in and out of different homes because everyone knows what happened. Mm-hmm. And they're like, where's the best household to raise Sarita? Mm-hmm. And my dad's like, I can take care of my kids, you know. And girl, eventually he get us somewhere to stay. Mm-hmm. But I have a room, no bed, clothes and laundry bags. Like, I'm talking, girl, it's like the bottom of the barrel type living. But, <laughs> oh, I'm, wow. but I'm living with my daddy, you know. Right. So, but now with my dad. And, and did that make you feel good, though? That, it did. Yeah. You it care did. probably that you even didn't have that stuff. It Exactly. Mm-hmm. However, later on in my life, I did start to treat myself like bare minimum. Mm-hmm. So that it, it was something indirect that later on impacted me down the road but the main thing that I wanted to highlight was I only stayed with him a certain amount of time because my mom's side was like he can't take care of that girl Uh Um, so a full circle moment that happened I ended up living back um, with like aunts on my mom's side I was on rotation but where I'm going with this is my dad ended up being good friends with that man that did what he did to me do you ever know yes he knew wow I couldn't understand for the life of me, like, my idea of protection mm-hmm. is like, daddy gonna F him up. Like, right. my uncle, if my uncle Eno, right. that man wouldn't be living today, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Um, and I know that for a fact, because yeah. I know he what life he was about, right. and he didn't play right. about us. Right. Um, so I just say that to say... That story is commonplace, mm-hmm. you know, for a lot of women, and it's an unsung song, mm-hmm. um, in a sense. So I love listening to you and actually seeing how you're catered to, um, in a sense. And your term, I love, we could say together, yes. what's the term? Well, well loved. loved. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that. Um, and I, I want to just, you know, come, come back to you to just make a connection high level. Um, because we have to address these things. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so you're, you had a unique, um, more indirect and later on direct experience. I had more of a direct than indirect experience. Mm-hmm. How do you translate this to 
women who have your experiences and or mine or a combination of both, like as the expert and professional that you are in the wellness space? Um, I really feel like the pro, there, that's why it's a pro and a con to it. Yeah. Right? And, and ironically, we create superheroes of dads in our head. <sighs> Like and that's crazy. I didn't like, do no, no wrong. None, right? <laughs> he can be absent and still have the same privilege of no wrong. Facts. Um, and that's crazy as women that that we admire that about men and into and it even goes into your adulthood, kind of like with your aunt. That was a prime example of adoring on a man. Yeah. And it started young, I'm sure, you know. And I don't know her story. Right. Because of full transparency, she had six children, Mm -hmm. five sons, one daughter, five different fathers. Wow. That's telling. Yeah. So me disrupting her stability, saying that her husband, you know, has done... You know what I? I can't make this up. I I don't I don't even know what's happening. I never saw porn or anything yet at that point in my life. Yeah. Um. But that triggered something inside of her mm-hmm. that was just like you gotta go because mm-hmm. I can't face that truth. Because maybe I don't know her story and I never will. Or maybe uh, the truth was maybe that would rock her stability because this was the stable she had ever been. You're right. Yeah. And this person took. Um. He ended up being the head of a household of yeah. six total children, including his own child. Yeah. So, um, yeah, girl, I I share that story more now um, than ever. And I shared it when she was here. So it's not that my my family knows. Um, And I'm unapologetic about it because I do want more young girls Mm -hmm. uh, to speak up um, and get the support that they need earlier on because I didn't get it. Mm -hmm. I didn't get therapy until maybe three or four years ago. Right. (laughs) That's true. And it molds. So, um, you know, when you think about like with that experience, even though you had a positive of interaction right with your dad somewhat yeah but your uncle e in a different sense of being physically safe right um and then here's this other interaction with the next male who's supposed to be the male figure but predatorial right Mm -hmm. um and women do deal with that and, and it shows up in our today if you don't get mended or therapy yeah and everybody won't go to therapy so that's definitely the reason for this podcast so we can just start unveiling a lot of conversations that need to challenge your thinking, your perspective. Um, because with me, even though, like you said, you've seen it, my uncles, my brothers, they they cater. They really oh, love it. It's a wonderful sight right. to observe, to see. The flip side, though, is no... Um, so I even said this a minute ago before we started about sometimes I wonder, am I capable of monogamy? Mm. Because I've Let's seen talk about so that. much, you know. Yeah. Um, and it's not because I'm, you know, like I said, when I was uh, young in my 20s or whatever, ironically, my mom's 20 years apart from me. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Um, I was a cheater and I only attracted yeah. cheaters. And, um, and I know why subconsciously, because you were safe. You know, mm. because you couldn't hurt me because I already knew who you were. Girl, stop telling my story. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to protect me. Yeah, at all costs. Yeah, and nobody ever gets to meet my family. So, so let's dial back real quick because mm-hmm. how does negative observation trump positive because you did get to see mm-hmm. the good marriages and the stability and things like that but do you think there were maybe trust issues like even though it looked good mm-hmm. 
you know, maybe there's just something I don't see. Like, it was there any skepticism or no. anything about the good? Because that's interesting. Yeah, it, it wasn't. Um, I thought it was boring if you want me to be oh, is this Yes, I like, I know there's good marriages, but it, here it's so, and I think I'm attracted to the whole, the lifestyle, kind of like my dad. Wow. My dad was attracted to the fast money. Even though he worked a nine to five, he was two different people. Oh, that's interesting. Right. So for me, it was like, man, um, my ego, if I could say anything else, it would be yeah. my ego to be stroke. Um, I, if it, it was a man who didn't like a big girl, oh yeah, I'm finna get you. Just uh, because oh, okay. you said that. Yeah, you're you about know. to suffer for everybody else that think yeah, like I'm you. A, I'm gonna <laughs> show you what, you know? Yeah. Um, so I think for me, the challenge, the ego, it was fun in a lot of ways until I hurt people. Um, so when you just mentioned boring, right? Mm-hmm. Are you? Would you say you're someone who likes routine? No, me neither. Okay, no. so so no. so of course. So if it's like day in day out, same old thing, same yeah. old same old, you're like, okay, I need a little razzle dazzle, shake it up a little. Yeah, like definitely. Even uh, <laughs> in, in, even in my intimate life, I used to role play, like because I definitely can't. Oh no, uh, and I think that for me, because. Like I said, it, even though there was a commitment, definitely alignment with God, because I'm very spiritual. Yeah. So I know it's, there's good there, because my uncle literally stood by his wife's side to the day she died. Wow. And, she, wow. and they lost a child, and normally it's unheard of, really, when you lose a child to stay together. Um, and I'm not saying it was roses, but I've seen them work through things. So, mm. But for me... Oh, okay. That's not exciting. So, so with what you know about you today, mm-hmm. um, what would be an ideal situation? Like, even though we may question like monogamy and things like that, but if there was a situation that was just ideal across the board um, for you romantically, we gonna mm-hmm. go there for a quick second yeah. since this is for the grown folks, right? I mean, what what would that look like? What you know, kind of a uh, let me do me. Yeah. Um, and I know that sounds crazy, right? It, it doesn't, actually. Um, it doesn't. Yeah, I, I had a, a somebody tell me once, like, because they said they didn't believe in monogamy. But what they would do, they would go out the country to cheat. And I was like, huh, that sounds very all good. the way overseas. Because guess what? <laughs> like, what's the chances of you really catching me and know, if, like, you don't need the attachment of yeah, yeah. I think when somebody's too accessible, that's when you've made cheating a relationship. Oh. And those are two different things, right? And um, the, well, my understanding now, like present day is, it's not cheating if you're not married. Is that, that's, what, that's what this generation is saying. <laughs> but the truth is, well, it's kind of my saying about being single. Yeah. Right? You're not single. You're not married until you're married. You're still single, right? Yeah. Um, but even I, though before you get married, there are some very intense yeah. emotions. Um, yeah. What's the word? Invested mm-hmm. uh, in that relationship. Um, I don't know. I beg to differ uh, with that. I don't fully. I think no, if I, you say you're committed to someone on paper or not on paper. Right. 
I think your word is your bond. There you go. So for me, it's like, don't ask, I don't tell. There you go. Yeah. But see, the way you're saying that, this is where we're in sync because yeah. we are, <laughs> what is it? Like, think like a man. We're like uh -huh. the think like a man type. Uh. I would definitely say I'm very in tune with my masculinity. Yeah. My I know that how there's a balance. balance, right? Yeah. Even the way I dress ironically, I can even today, like, right. Very flowy, very feminine dress. She is colorful. <laughs> y'all. She yes. is fat, fat. Listen, right. But and vibrant. Face, right? <laughs> but a big face watch. Which Come is on. A man's watch. Come on. But I got the feminine, you know, little was this on. a gift? Was this watch a gift? Yes. Actually, my brother brought it for my birthday. That's amazing. It's beautiful. Y'all almost <laughs> wish we was on camera for this one. <laughs> So, but that's good. So you said something about addressing things. Mm -hmm. How do we call what ele elephants for the sake of what we're talking about today with uh, daddy's girls? Mm -hmm. What elephants um, can we call out in the room when it comes to uh, measuring, not measuring, but recognizing if you had a healthy daddy's girl relationship or an unhealthy? So for me, I think it's about the pros and cons, because okay. if you want to be fair to the male figures in our life completely full circle, we had good and we had bad. So we have pros and yes. Yes, cons. And I think uh, being realistic and not like highlighting the real all the time, right? Glorifying things. Talk about both. Expose yeah. both. Like expose, because there are some women who they daddy never was present, right? And it molds how they treat men or interact, Ooh. right? Yes. Um, they either can be two ways about it. They can be overly aggressive or they can, for the lack of a better word, doormatic. You know, oh, no. Right? Because <laughs> that's you, like that boredom you just said. No, no, right. no. That but boredom. that's that thriving for that love. Oh. And I think, like, we we all have to sit and become self-aware, like, what's what part of us? Because people always say, I'm this way because I was born that way. No, you're no, not. You, no, no, no. Experiences <laughs> make you. So if, if anything, I would love for people to take away, you know, what made you? Think about when the first time your heart got broke. When did you first learn about love? When did you first learn about heartbreak? Yeah. From not even just yourself, from observation. Yeah. And think about how today and process how you look at love. Process how you feel about relationships and really take that back further and figure out where did all this come from? Because nothing grinds my gears more than um, a woman in particular. People, period. But when we're talking about daddy's girl, so for the sake of what well, we're, for the sake of conversation, um, that's just how I am. Mm -hmm. Uh-uh. No. No, 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 no. But <laughs> people aren't self-aware either. Um, I have a, a, a thing that I talk to my clients about. So unfortunately, the truth is you cannot deal with anything that you won't expose. Ouch. Right? So first there's exposure. Yeah. And once you expose it, you're going to be self-aware. It exists. You're going to try to ignore it, ignore it. But what, it's almost like you got a white dress on. There's a black stain. You can't unsee it. Yeah. Right. And then patterns, you know, yeah. um, I, I'm a constant thing that I, I hate with a passion is when people are dating over and over again, a different person, like the same person, but a different face and body. Oh, yeah. Like what? Well, habitually, you just keep going down this path. Yeah. <laughs> so I that expose when you expose your truth. Mm hmm. 
-hmm. that's when everything changes. Right. You become self-aware. And then again, hopefully after being self-aware so long, um, you start being accountable. You own it. That's a goal of mine. Yeah. And Mm. after you start owning it and you call it out enough and own it, um, especially if it's negative, then you're going to change it. So what about... um, we have so many people that are unrealistic mm-hmm. about what they social deserve. Media. <laughs> yeah, that's social media. It's, it's just overkill. Mm-hmm. Um, so I want us to go into, um, there's something that you teach me often mm-hmm. um, about a rose. A oh, rose. let me say that before we get to that part, right? Because, um, listen, yes, let's go. drive in here today. This yeah. is what happened. Mm-hmm. Um, I took this picture when I was in Jamaica. Uh-huh. And my back was to the camera and I kind of like did a side view yeah right um and I don't know why today I was looking at the picture because traffic was heavy and I said you know what I really want to post this mm-hmm. why do you keep going to what rejects you if you don't want to be rejected why go to the door that keeps closing like you <sighs> it's like we say I don't like rejection and I was thinking about like if you don't like it, then why do you keep going to the door, knowing that it's not going to open? But sometimes they just don't know any better. You know, do you like, not know any better, or are you just really trying to fill a void because now you're trying to check a box from your past? Girl, you th- that's a disadvantage. And you don't, you don't have. Look, I don't get speechless often, y'all. But I believe that one for the experts. I don't know, but I do know what you just said. That was beautiful about exposing mm-hmm. the person that does their inner work to be sick of when you're sick of yourself mm-hmm. that's when you finally go okay how do I break this cycle so mm-hmm. until that person is going to keep beating their head against the door until it bleeds out mm-hmm. <laughs> there's it's enough pain for them to say I'm sick of me and there has to be another solution yes. um, and it's unfortunate so that's why I'm just happy that people like you exist for us to have these kind of conversations somebody's going to hear this someday and they don't need to do the head but again they just need to hear this conversation conversation mm-hmm. in a way that they go wait that's me right <laughs> and and something clicks mm-hmm. you know so that's why these type of conversations are so powerful yes. um but i i want us to ease okay, on okay. To this beautiful thing about um i am going to pass it to you for it to okay. just go into it we love ro- ladies love receiving roses right um but you do this amazing thing where you teach people about just the process of and significance of the rose right. So can you tell us um, what is it that you do uh, (laughs) that ties to um, what we're exploring today? Self-love. Yeah. Um, Roses represent love, right? Um, But oftentimes, the funny thing about what the rose represents is a romantic love, but we don't even really love ourselves, right? So um, I did some digging, like how does a rose even grow, right? Um, The first thing is the soil. It got to be rich and moist. And so that means you need to go check the foundation of yourself, right? Mm. Are you rich? Are you nurtured? Like, you know, what are you built on? Even if things happen, you can change that. You have the power to do that, to be able to grow into this beautiful rose. And this is for men or women, right? Mm -hmm. The second step, they need sun to thrive. So what's the energy around you? What kind of energy are you attracting? And what kind of energy are you? Because um, again, you could be the wrong energy. Mic drop. Right? <laughs> uh, the third one is roses are hungry. 
right? And they're always hungry. And I and it made me think about us as people. If you're not hungry to grow and you're not hungry to just evolve in life, then you might as well be dead. Because basically, if you take away um, the sun and the hunger and the water, then you have nothing to survive. And the same thing with life. If you're just so routine and you're still stuck, it's kind of like the project cycle. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, you're stuck. So where's your future, right? Um, the fourth one is they need to stay hydrated, but not overly, right? Well, what and does that mean? I, this is one of my favorite parts. So who's pouring into you? Um, making sure that energy... Um, the people around you, that foundation, that they're really keeping you built up, right? But the funny thing about it, I took a twist and said, how much are you pouring out that now you can't even receive to be hydrated? Because you're so busy pouring out everything somebody has poured into you. To no you condensation. Hydrated, right? <laughs> it's like, what are you doing? <laughs> you know? And the last part is pruning, right? Yeah. And in this season, I challenge everybody, especially since we're, you know, moving forward to a new year. Um, what is dead in your life that needs to go? What habits? What people? Uh, what thought processes? What are you sick of? You know? Um, and that's basically roses grow back every year if they're prone right throughout the year. That is funny. <laughs> listen, and listen, that's the condensed version. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, any, um, how, how do we conclude uh, today? Because <laughs> pros and cons, yeah. there are. They, daddy's girl doesn't always mean, you know, it's just this beautiful thing. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, and, and kudos to the daddy's girls who maybe that is your story or that's the story that you convinced yourself to believe. Right. right. Um, but we did call out, you know, um, several of the cons and offline we've even taken a deeper dive into this conversation um and then addressing it like what any you know final thought on that you know sit down with yourself be real with yourself you know where did you learn the things that you learn and and identify them with feelings because often people say like well how do i do that Mm -hmm. well again expose right so you gotta sit down and expose yourself to yourself so do you dive into this with your uh, beautifully broken but men- mending well experiences? Oh, do we yes. Do we get to unpack? Oh, yeah. You know, the, like, a little bit of the daddy's girl, not necessarily in this way, but in a form, you oh, know, yeah. in this in the form of mm-hmm. addressing pros and cons to life experiences and um, making a decision about what we do today yes. by way of highlighting, hopefully, uh, the roles. Uh, right. <laughs> um, but yeah, any anything else with addressing that maybe you feel like you didn't convey today no i really feel like again you got to have a conversation with yourself first yeah and and if people keep telling you something and you're irritated by it guess what it's right Mm. you only get irritated so often by the truth because we don't want to hear it oh you irritated because you tolerate it (laughs) (laughs) so many things so so moving forward um i love that I think we said that we wanted to reflect on how what we've learned mm-hmm. impact, like fast forward, like present day. What do we know about ourselves knowing mm-hmm. what we know about our past and tying it into our relationships with our dads? That's that self-awareness and accountability and owning that. 
and what part do you need to change? And that goes with the end of pruning season for the rose. What is it that you need to cut off? Mm. You know, because I'm sick of today. Yeah, because I've shifted. Um, I guess I'll call it like my magnetic frequency or something like that. Like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm becoming more clear <laughs> on what I desire and what I'm willing to alter about myself to get it and be satisfied because it's a two-way street. Mm-hmm. It's far too often that I see women talk about about their needs, you know, not considering that when you end up with someone, it's mm-hmm. it goes both ways. Mm-hmm. And our dads, whether it was emotionally unavailability and whatever else, right, that came to the table, we also have to think about or explore mm-hmm. their early years mm-hmm. in a sense. So I, I just wanted to say that my dad also lost his mom as a child, 10 mm-hmm. years old. Yeah. And he didn't know his father. Mm-hmm. So how can you be available mm-hmm. when nobody mm-hmm. was available for you and you had to fend for yourself? So there's a delay yeah, in, in, you know, in growing up. So that was that's my biggest aha, mm-hmm. um, just having the hunger like the rose mm-hmm. to uh, seek knowledge and understanding of people's experiences mm-hmm. so you can meet them where they are and hopefully walk the line together um, with the intent of... Um, being mutually yes. self-aware. Yes, totally agree. I think the takeaway today is I was just sitting here as you were talking and I thought about this. Um, if I could tell ladies anything today to take away, don't lose yourself in a relationship trying to check a box for a daddy's girl. Bingo. Um, we always talk about men with the mommy issues, mm-hmm. but today the daddy girl syndrome, whether it's positive, negative, whatever it is, don't allow that to lose the woman you are. Woo! Because guess what? Here we are, speaking of daddy's girls, mm-hmm. but we're grown as women today. Yes. So if you're operating as daddy's girl, mm-hmm. you probably have stunted your growth in a little bit of your womanhood. Yes. In a sense. That that was the... Um, that girl, that was a sucker punch. <laughs> um, a little bit in a good way. It makes me want to speak to other women who need to get out of the girl and come into the woman. That's right. Because that's a dis- it's disabling, yeah. uh, in a sense. Because we still want to feel that sense of protection, which, again, I'm not trying to take over a gender role or anything like that. Yeah. But too often, we as women lose ourselves into titles of wife, mother, all these things, sister, daughter, whatever. Um, but we often face the divorce years later because we lost ourselves too early on and we're mad because they're progressing and we're stagnant cuz i'm not i don't want people to walk away thinking like you can't have a healthy relationship that's not true you can have a healthy relationship but balance and make sure you never lose you if that's you lose so you then that's not the that's not the relationship for you Mm. I think fellas need to hear this conversation as well because oh, yes. as they're raising their little girls, fathers yes. of daughters, yes. you know, to learn what not to do. Yes. <laughs> In a sense, Tamika, this was amazing. Uh-huh, well, thank thank you. you so much for having me. Um, and I can't wait to tune in to uh, future episodes. Yes. You, you got something with this one, baby. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, listeners. Um, yes, and we thank Sarita. And we really do hope that uh, you get some takeaways from this. And just for more information, you can go to thealconsultant.com and look on social media same hashtag for everything thealconsultant and to see further episodes or further experiences workshops trainings that we will be offering